Thanks for tuning in, everybody. You've got Dan here with Five Wide Football. I'm asking everybody to hit the subscribe and the like if you're listening to us on Anchor. Uh, write up a review. Tell all your friends. Hit us up on Twitter at Five Wide Football. And today we've got the hub from, uh, he's also got a Twitter and a YouTube. Great Giants, um, great Giants YouTuber. Awesome videos. Uh, I'm going to be doing this monthly with him. The State of the Giants, we're calling it. So uh, if you want to give a shout out to all your stuff, go right ahead. Thank you, Dan. Wonderful intro, man. As he said, I am a Giants YouTube channel. Um, check me out if you want to. YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all the links will be somewhere. And make sure you guys hit up uh, Dan's 5 Wide Football, Fantasy Football, both blog, Twitter, and YouTube account. They put out great fantasy football stuff. Make sure you sub him up and all that. And uh, I didn't I didn't give you as good of an intro as I have in the past. I just want to throw out he spits out and he was just telling me he's got finals week. So he's getting in there and editing videos at 6 a.m. He's spitting out four or five videos a week and they're really on top of everything the Giants are doing. So if you want to you see something that the Giants did and you want to get quick insights, chances are he's going to have some insight on it that day or the next day what the Giants have done, and he's researching his stuff. It's not just off the cuff. He knows what he's talking about. That's why I love having him on the channel. Thank you, man. Thank you. All right. So, obviously, State of the Giants. Um, it's going to be a monthly thing. Big Bi-monthly. Bi-monthly. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> because we got to get on both channels, right? Yeah. So, obviously, the big one coming out here as I'm looking at this is uh, the Giants' schedule came out. We got a tough one. Um, I saw your video today where, where you're predicting 16-0. <laughs> of course, man. Undefeated. Uh, obviously, uh, he's joking a little bit there. Um, I'm, I'm looking at the schedule, and, you know, just off my head, I I've see that DraftKings had us 2-14. and 14. Vegas has the over-under at 6.5. Um, watching some other YouTubers, seeing around seven, eight wins. Uh, NFL.com as a simulator video they put out uh, with the Giants at six and ten. And as as I look, I think there's a real chance um, we could go eight and eight. I'm quickly looking through the schedule. Uh, I think Pittsburgh's going to be a close game. I could see us winning that. Um, they. They won a lot of close games, and they're really well coached. Uh, but I don't think that they're – I think talent-wise, we're pretty close. I think we beat the Bears. We lose to the 49ers. Uh, I think the Rams is in our toss-up. Um, we're not going out there and beating Dallas this year. Uh, we beat the Redskins. We aren't beating the Eagles in Philly, but I think they're susceptible. I think we could beat them at home. Um, you know, Washington, I think we'd lose that beat Philly when we're at home coming off the bye, I hear people saying we're going to lose to the Bengals. First of all, I don't think the Bengals are that, that makes, that makes no sense yeah. to me at all. Losing to the Bengals, like hands down, they were the worst team in football for a reason. People, there's a reason they got the number one overall pick. It wasn't just tanking. The only team that everybody knew was tanking for sure last year was the Dolphins. And they still didn't end up with the number one overall pick. That's how bad the Bengals the were. Ba- like you could, 
and I and I did this in my like scouts prediction video. I'm like, you break it down position by position. The only position they got over us that you could argue was wide receiver. That's about it. I think that people just fall in love with uh, because they put they play fantasy. Fantasy's getting so big that people fall in love with like the fact that they got names. The Bengals got names, but I mean AJ Green didn't play at all last year. AJ Green is what thirty one. Didn't play last year. Oh, uh, you want to talk about names? Geno Atkins. He's also probably on the last few years of his career. Maybe even this is the last year of his career. Yep. Yep. Like who else do you want? I, of course, you know you could talk about the rookies. Uh, Joe Burrow. I think they got T. Higgins. They're rookies. They're rookie. Yeah. No one knows what they're. Although going I will to. say, although I will say, Joe Burrow. I have a lot of faith in him. I think he will be a great quarterback in the league. But he's still a rookie, nevertheless. I mean, like, come on, guys. Yep. I mean, I, I 100% agree. So, and also, you do better after the buy. So, I mean, as, as I look through, I, I see 8 and 8. What, what do you see? So, And you've got a video and I'm going more in depth. So, Yeah. So, like, I'm kind of on the fence. In that vid, I, I think I ended up saying 7 and 9, but I was really torn between 6 and 10 and 7 and 9. The thing is, I can very realistically see the giant ceiling being 10 and 6, and making it into the playoffs as a seventh, sixth seed. And the reason I didn't go with that is because that's me being like super optimistic, yep. the most giants of giants fans, you know. And I don't want to, I want to be a little bit more on the realistic side. So I really do think six, 10, seven, nine is a go. But it's like the reason it's hard to predict schedule is because of momentum. Like Uncle Mo is a fickle guy. He could switch like, you know, like a light switch on and off just like that. We win a couple of games and we get the right momentum. We're in the playoffs. We lose a couple of games and momentum goes the wrong way. It's like we could very well end up going like three and thirteen or something. It's just like that's so hard to predict. But I'm looking at it and I'm seeing six and ten, seven and nine, and the games for sure that I think we should win. Redskins both times we own the Redskins. Yep. For sure, I think we're gonna win at the Bears. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing is. Uh, the reason I think that we win there is because if Trubisky is starting, without a doubt, I think we win. Yeah. But if Foles is starting by week two, I think it's going to be a bit closer and maybe it's a toss-up. But I could see us winning at the Bears. I just – I can see us – yeah, go I, ahead. I don't, I don't have a ton of faith in either quarterback, especially with probably a shortened uh, practices in OTAs. So I don't care who they got. I think we beat the Bears either way. But Fair point. Foles has – a lot to prove with the contract that he has right now. So, yeah, Redskins, Bears. I could see us winning once against the Eagles. In my prediction video, I said this is the year we beat Eagles at Lincoln Financial Field because both last year and the year before, Saquon single-handedly beat the Eagles for us, but Pat Shermer pulled them out the game somehow and then, you know, stopped running the ball and all of a sudden we collapsed. It wasn't all of a sudden. The reason we collapsed in those games is because Saquon got the ball a total of like three times in both games. I heard, you know, in the second did half. Did I hear in your video a little bit of a conspiracy theory that Pat Shermer did that because he used to coach with the Eagles? I was just throwing that out there as a joke, but I mean, maybe uh, he, he was on the Eagles coaching staff. I don't think you throw away the, the contract he had to help help a former team, but I, I could be wrong. Who knows, man? But yeah, like you look at those games in the first half, we were up like 19 to three in one of them or something crazy like that. The other one, we were up double digits also, and it's all because we ran the ball on the ground like madmen, and then it just disappeared in the second half, and the Giants didn't win. Yeah. So I think that doesn't happen this year, and we stick to it. 
because of the new coaching staff, because of Jason Garrett offense and all that. And so we got one win out of the Eagles, and that's four wins right there. Mm-hmm. Fifth one against Dallas. I don't think Dallas is sweeping us again this year, just like the Eagles. But I'm not sure if it's going to be away or at home. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm not sure about. Because if it's um, away, I think the away game is the one we have first. Dallas starts off slow. We could catch them off guard. If it's at home, <laughs> Dallas collapsed towards the end of the year like they did last year, and we catch them off guard. It's going to be either one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, and then, of course, the Bengals, which we just spoke about. And I think I had a surprise win against one of these teams. I'm trying to think, remember the schedule from my head right now for the seventh one. It's not coming to my mind, but there's a seventh win in there somewhere. Brown. It's not against the Bucks. Browns. Browns. Yep, I was going to say Browns or Cardinals yep. would have to be it. It's Browns. It's Browns. I think we're going to beat the Browns. I just think the Giants have too much pride riding on this game to lose to the Browns. Mm-hmm. Like, and pride is a powerful thing. And we have it at home. And I think we're going to be a better coach team. I just think it all falls into play for us. The only thing the Browns have over us is names, but that failed them last year. I think it's going to fail them against this year. We catch them off guard. We won't even catch them off guard. I think we'll just beat them. That's seven wins right there. And if we go eight and eight, it's going to be against the Cardinals. So, yeah, those are like my games that I think for sure the Giants could win. And I think the Giants win the Cardinals game because it's a West Coast team. Now, I know they're not completely West Coast, but Arizona's basically West Coast. Coming over to play an East Coast team, it's in Giants Stadium, and they don't – West Coast teams historically struggle playing against the East Coast, just like East Coast teams historically struggle playing against the West Coast. It's a big time change. That's a big travel. So I think mm-hmm. that um, – and it's a one o'clock game. So for Arizona, I'm pretty sure they're on Pacific time, which means that game is like playing at 10 a.m. for them. And I, I traveled out to California last year for work. I was out there for five days. I did not adjust in five days. I found myself going into the office at four or five in the morning because I just could not sleep in. Like I was, I'm used to getting up at like 6.30, going into work at 8.00. I was getting up at 3.30 in the morning. I found myself going in at 5.30, 6 o'clock and uh, leaving early. I was like asking my boss out there, like, hey, you got anything you need me to do? I was like, no. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go. And I was in bed by 8, 9 o'clock. So it's not easy to adjust. It's it's definitely not easy, and it's a factor. But I think Arizona could very much counter that by just probably coming over a day earlier, which is what I think they did last year. And I was – the points you brought up are the points I brought up when we faced the Cardinals last year. I'm like, we shouldn't lose this game. We're evenly matched teams. Arizona's at the disadvantage here coming to the Giants, you know, time zone and all that. And then we end up losing the game. Now, of course, in that Cardinals game, the reason we lost, in my opinion, is because Pat Shermer was at the height of being an imbecile and just showing his incompetence of a coach. And I don't think, like I said, that's not happening this year. We have a much better coaching staff. I think Joe Judge has the potential to be a better coach than Pat Shermer. And I don't think that's going to happen. But I have to keep in mind, the reason I'm on the fence is that last year we were kind of even teams, and they still won by running through our defense. Not sure how the defense is going to be. But they improved, in my opinion, a bit more than the Giants did in the offseason, especially through the draft. I think the Cardinals had a very underrated draft. They ignored the offensive line a little bit too much for my tastes. But I think that needs to be taken into account. So I'm not like I'm kind of on the fence about that game. Yeah, I mean those those are good points, and we'll see. I the Giants aren't going to let Chase Edmonds or Kenyon Drake, but Chase Edmonds last 
last year ran for 126 yards against us in that game. It's not going to happen again. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, we'll see. And, and like I said, I'm, I'm probably a little high um, on the Giants. I like their coaching. I like Jason Garrett. I like uh, Daniel Jones to take the next step. The, the knock that could come against is that they have new coaching staff and a young quarterback. And how is that going to gel? And a weird offseason. Yeah. So, and I, I was listening to your video, and I think I have to keep tempering my expectations because they are probably a season or two away from making the steps I believe that they're going to make. But I'll know. tell you what, then, and this is a way too early bowl prediction. I think Giants are going to be Super Bowl 56 in Super Bowl 56. <laughs> now, I'm not going to say they're going to win it, but I really do think we're a year away. And then when we hit that stride, I think we're going to make it to 56. Uh, Way too early. It's like two years away. But I really do think that we're like just – I think we're right there. I think this is the year, you know, everybody gets used to each other, take a little step forward in terms of just getting winning into their mentality. And I think next year we're definitely in the playoffs, and I could see us going to the 56. Um. I think that's possible if if a couple things happen. Um, I think Slayton has to prove he's the number one, kind of pull away, prove he's that number one receiver because right now we don't have that number one threat, and I don't think Golden Tate can be it, even though mm-hmm. he had a pretty good season when he was on the field. And, uh, and I like Shepard. I'm a huge Shepard fan, but Shepard's a slot receiver. And in, mm-hmm. in order to win – Super Bowls, you have to have someone who can take the top off the defense. 2011, it was Victor Cruz. 2008, it was uh, it was Plexico Burris. If Slayton can become that guy, I mean, it's possible. Daniel Jones looked really good. Um, and I think, you know, I did a lot of research when I was statting out a little bit and researching the Giants offense for my fantasy vid with uh, Real Deal Fantasy. Um, shameless plug right there if you guys want to <laughs> check it out. But uh, and what I found is historically they talk about the rookie, the sophomore slump, I mean, for quarterbacks. But unless you have a very good season, you actually tend to improve the second year. Um, Daniel Jones had a, a slightly above average season. You look at his QBR and stuff. He falls into the area where he should improve based on history. Um, they went back based on recent years. Just like the past three, four years. Yeah, but Harvard did a thing where they went back for quite a bit of time, and they found that um, 44 of the uh, 55 that they looked at improved. So. Oh, yeah. the um, I know exactly what you're talking about because I looked at that for my DJ will have a breakout year video. I, the reason I didn't use it, though, is because in my mind, I was like, it's important, obviously, to know the context and the history behind this you know, situation that we're talking about. But I'm like, the offense in the NFL kind of changes year to year. So I feel like that that was maybe a little too big of a of a sample, if that makes any sense, which mm-hmm. is kind of weird to say because in probability and statistics, I don't think there is such a thing as too big of a sample. But just because the way offenses change year to year, I was like, let me kind of temper it to maybe the past decade or so. And definitely the past decade, it still supports that DJ yeah. should make a leap forward. And, and like you're saying, um, usually statistically you want to go as far back as possible, get as much data, but you have to, you're right. The NFL has changed. It is more of a passing league. 
guys are coming out of college with more um, running more, more of a passing college offense too. You don't see the wishbone or the um, what is read option and stuff like that. That's not in college as much. You're seeing the spread offense. You're seeing the um, really the, the West, West Coast, Coast style, offense. Yeah. Yep. You're seeing that spread. You're seeing that West Coast. And so they're coming in. They're coming in prepared to be NFL quarterbacks. They're not coming in. It's, it's the, the way they're made now. Times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it sounds weird to say that, but it is the way that these guys are made to be now. And, so they and don't like, need to sit as long. Exactly. That's another thing I talked about. I'm like, although I hate the fact that QBs don't sit as much as they should, I still think that a, a rookie quarterback should sit like at least a year. No matter what, it could only do good for you. But I completely understand why they don't because it's, it's they don't need to anymore. And that's yeah. been shown in like, let's go back to 2016, Wentz, Dak, Goff. You could mm-hmm. say what you want about all three, but they've had relatively successful careers so far. And I don't think either of them sat. You know, um, no. then 2017, obviously Mahomes is the big name. Uh, Watson came in before Mahomes had had an immediate impact before he went down with the injury. Trubisky is the odd man out. Um, maybe there's a quarterback that I'm forgetting about in the 2017 draft, but those are like your three top guys. 2018, we had the massive QB class, Baker, Allen, Rosen, uh, Jackson, MVP. Jackson. A perfect yep. example of somebody that had a an okay Rookie year was kind of really carried by the defense, came in, had a stellar sophomore year, you know. It's, it's just you keep going, and it's like the examples are there. Yeah, you left out you left out Sam Darnold. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, Sam Darnold, yes. I'm still not <laughs> sure what's happening with him. Nobody's sure what's happening with him. And, I mean, those, those are all very, very good points. And I think they point to the Giants just improving, um, like I said. Uh, the only question, you know, anytime you change coaches, it's a little nerve wracking. Uh, so I think we're both on the thing that Daniel Jones is going to improve a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I statted him out at, you know, a little over 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns in 16 games. Um, interceptions going up a little bit to 15 from 12, but he's playing 16 games. He's throwing a lot I, more. Yeah. And then I, I, yeah, I think his uh his fumbles dropped drastically because we had the worst tackles in the NFL last year. Oh, before before we get into that, because I want to get into that, I, I do want to talk about the wide receivers a bit more. We kind of touched on it, but never got into it. Yeah, okay. Go right ahead. So, like, I agree with what you said. We need a number one, whether it's Slayton that comes out or we get somebody in free agency, we get somebody via trade. Maybe there's a stud that we get in the first or second round in the upcoming draft. Who knows? But you're completely right. I do think that our wide receiver core is good enough as of right now. But once again, going back to history, it kind of shows that you need somebody to differentiate themselves from the rest of the bunch in order to make it to that next step, you know? So Mm -hmm. I've been said, like, we have a good wide receiving core. Slayton, Shepard, Tate, they're good. They're good enough to make it to the playoffs. I don't know if they're good enough to carry us farther than that though you know they're good enough to carry us to a winning season i should say i just don't know if they're good enough to carry us farther than that you definitely need somebody to take the top off so slayton could be the one if he takes a step forward we signed a couple undrafted guys we know the giants history with undrafted wide receivers maybe one of them steps up (laughs) Uh, i've seen a couple scenarios which at first i thought were crazy but then i thought about it a little bit more and i started really entertaining it which is like trading shepherd for a speedster like maybe trading uh, Shepard for a Godwin or Evans, you know, obviously involving picks in there. And I would, at first I thought it was crazy, but then I continue to think about it. I'm like, 
it would make sense. We still have our slot receiver in Tate, who I think has a good three years left in him. And then we'll have two really good outside guys. It's like maybe uh, send Tate somewhere and get a pick back and maybe somebody like an Emmanuel Sanders. When you look at it, I think Tate is a better player now than Sanders is. But the way Sanders is going to be used would be more valuable than the way Tate is used. You know, scenarios like that, we definitely need somebody to take the top off. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I'm looking at the last few winners, and everybody's had it. You know, um, going back to the Eagles, they had Elshon Jeffries. The um, Patriots, they when they won it both years, they had uh, Julian Edelman. Obviously, the Chiefs had Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins. So every team that's won the Super Bowl the last few years, because of the way teams play now, has had a receiver that could take the top off. And, like, we could be, like, I think we both know we could be wrong. Like, maybe maybe the way Judge runs it, we won't need it, you know? But there's, there's been, there's always exception to the rule. Um, I mean, everyone says you need a true quarterback to win the Super Bowl, but the Eagles won it with Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, you look, go back, the Ravens won it with uh, Trent Dilford and cut him. So, <laughs> in the Super Bowl, I, there's always I try exceptions, to forget. Yeah. yeah, but more often than not, you know, there's there's some big things that you need. You know, everyone talks about it. You need good a good offensive line. You usually need something that you're exceptional at defense, whether it Which, be the secondary. Speaking of the offensive line, we could definitely switch into that now. Yeah, let's switch into that. So, my first question is, who do you think the Giants play at center? Ah, as of right now, you know, I'll tell you who I want them to play at center. I want them to play Shane Lemieux at center because uh, I would rather him over Spencer Pulley because I think Calapio is no longer on the team. And Pulley, yep, he's no longer there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Pulley, I always thought Pulley was better than Calapio, but Pulley isn't exactly a, a starting caliber center in my opinion. He's like right there. He's like the perfect backup that you could bring in for four or five games, but I don't think he's a 16-game material type of guy. And then who do we have behind him? We got Shane Lemieux, and then there's talks about Nick Gates. No matter how good Nick Gates may or may not be, it's always a struggle to switch from the outside to the very inside and vice versa from the very inside to the outside tackle the center. I think that's going to be a a little bit too much of a big shift for him to adapt immediately. When you already got a guy that's Shane Lemieux, who was one of the top guards coming out, and I will say guards, one of the top guards coming out of the draft. We got him in the fifth, which was considered a steal. He's a complete mauler, and before the draft, he's been practicing at center because he knows teams have been looking for him to switch to center for a while now. So he's already been practicing at center a little bit. He's already the top of his position as a guard. I think it's definitely less of a shift from tackle to center than from guard to center. I would want to see how he performs there. Well, and, you know, that that's my big question because I look at the Giants' offensive line and um, we finished in the middle of the road despite having the worst tackles. And I keep thinking, I'm like, we've got to have a, a top half of the league line this year. I really think we're going to. I love Andrew Thomas. I think Matt Pert could be helpful. Um, but the question becomes center. And uh, – We'll see what happens with Shane Lemieux because, like you, I think Spencer Poley is – he's not terrible. Um, it's not like we're going to put Spencer Poley in there and he's going to be the Eric Flowers of centers. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm not a huge fan. But I don't trust um, him for 16 games. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. 
and I'm, but it, it's also hard to make that adjustment, uh, Shane Lemieux to center. So we'll we'll see. It's um another thing that could position. happen that literally just popped into my head. Right now, our best offensive lineman period is Kevin Zeitler, and I think it's right now it's by far. Definitely, Andrew Thomas is going to get to his level soon, but right now it's Kevin Zeitler. Just popped into my head. If they think about shifting Lemieux to center, then who wants to say they don't think about shifting a seasoned veteran who's seen it all in the NFL, Kevin Zeitler to center, and put Lemieux out there at guard, where he's used to for his rookie year. Then, you know, maybe next year they switch back or something or keep Zeitler there for the remainder of his contract and draft a center whenever Zeitler's off the team. That's something that could happen, too. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Um, and, I mean, Kevin Zeitler is really good. Uh, a lot of people put a lot of him leaving the Browns on why Baker Mayfield took a step back. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's funny. He's, he's probably the most underrated the player on our team, but Giants fans and people that look at the Giants don't realize that, but when they look at the Browns, it's exactly what you said. They're like, ah, Zeitler is gone, man. That offensive line took a hit. That's why the offensive line was bad last year. They look at the Giants, not a peep about Zeitler. It's because the Giants had a lot more problems. <laughs> you know, uh, offensive line only ever get noticed when they're really good or really bad. Hmm. Average offensive lines, no one talks about them. So if you're an offensive lineman who's doing pretty good on a run-of-the-mill offensive line, nobody's talking about you. If you're doing pretty good on a great offensive line, people are talking about you. If you're doing pretty good on a horrible offensive line, people are like, you're the only reason why. The quarterback's not sacked every single time. <laughs> that's but, true. That's true. Um, so I think I think if we can get one of those guys to come in and play center well, I think it makes a huge thing on Daniel Jones's fumbles. And I think he actually playing in 16 games, throwing the ball more with a little bit of uptick and in interceptions just because we're opening up the full playbook to him. He still has less turnovers. Because if we go up two or three interceptions, but he drops down four or five fumbles going from like six to two or one, he's got less total turnovers. I think he's got more yards, more touchdowns. I just really think that this Giants team, like the parody in the NFL that happens every year, changes from, you know, four and 12 bottom feeder to next year everybody talking about can the Giants take that next step can they be the the Ravens who showed some potential at the end of uh 2018 you know with uh Lamar Jackson finally getting in and then all of a sudden they come back the next year or the 49ers you know one of those teams that's showing potential that takes that next step 100% Um, and I'll tell you what right now no matter what record we go next year i completely believe that we're going to be in talks just because the fact that we're going to surprise people i don't think people realize just how much the offensive line has been addressed because it's what you said we were not exactly bottom of the league last year we were more so in that 15 to 20 ish range and we got a a franchise left tackle in andrew thomas and you know me i i love andrew thomas he was my favorite tackle out of all the class we got a franchise left tackle in him so we could send Solar over to the right side. We already have two established guards. All that's really left to address is the center position where that's the only potential person we have right now. We have a potential person in Shane Lemieux, but 
you got four good offensive linemen out of the five, you're gonna be one of the one of the better offensive lines in the game. Helps Daniel Jones with his fumbles, and like we said, he's taking a step forward. That alone, the fact that he's taking a step forward alone is gonna help him out with his fumbles. And they were fifteen to twenty range with the worst tackles. They had the thirty second ranked tackles. Um, they gave up their tackles. I had it here somewhere, and it gave up the most pressure of any. Yeah, they we gave up ninety seven pressures from the tackles, which was the most in the league. Jesus, I didn't even know that. Can you send that to me, by yeah. the way? That's going to be a really interesting stat I could pull up in a, in a couple of my videos. Uh, I will tweet the uh, – I'll, t- I'll send a Twitter message to you after this um, with the PFF Because I, I didn't even know that. That's, that's amazing. That's actually yeah. amazing. So that – so that's why I think right away we, we improved drastically – um, I think Slayton and Daniel Jones take the next step. And then the, the missing piece on the offensive side, and I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm wondering if I even want to say it because I'm afraid if I say it out loud, it's going to curse it. Jason Garrett loves his tight ends. Jason Witten was a god in Dallas for years. Um, he's going to go down as one of the top, five tight ends of all time probably hmm. and i'd say top t- i'd say top Ingram, 10 but there's definitely an argument to be made for top five i i said probably <laughs> so I, I i know people people are going to argue but nobody's going to be like i don't feel like if i said jason witten's the number five tight end anyone's going to look at me like i don't know what fo- anything about football <laughs> like you yeah. know it's not like i'm not standing here screaming um I'm trying to think of some young tight end who's looking okay. I'm not like sitting here and saying Dallas, Dallas Goddard is going to finish. As one Dallas of the best Goddard tight ends is of all today's time. Shannon Sharp. <laughs> yeah, I'm not stating that. <laughs> oh, but um, so I, you know, if he can stay healthy, I think all of a sudden we've got an unbelievable offense, and our defense was 23rd in yards per game. Oh, before game we get to the, the defense, though, so, here's the thing, though, right? Yeah. Do we need a tight end, right? I, I know. Ooh. No, Caden Smith will be great oh, no, no, no. if he goes that, that's, down. Do we need Evan Ingram? I'm saying, do we even need a tight end? Like, let's look at when Jason Garrett was actually the offensive coordinator for Dallas. Like, it was a very short time from, what, 07 to, to, to 10, right? Um, uh-huh. In that period, the passing went to one Terrell Owens to their wide receivers. That, I think people do forget that. And also, you know, before Witten, I think, handed over play calling to his actual offensive coordinator. I can't remember what year. Maybe it was 17 or something like that. Who was the big wide receiver in Dallas? Des Bryant. I do think that it's kind of lost that a big body wide receiver is also really important to it. So if we have a big body wide receiver, we don't necessarily need a tight end. And I'm especially looking at that 2007 season where they were the number two ranked offense behind Randy Moss and Tom Brady. It was Terrell Owens and Tony Romo. The tight end was definitely used, but not as a big extent as Jason Witten was in, say, like the past six years or so, right? So I'm like, do we even need a tight end? Just, just, just a question know. to put out there. I don't even know the answer myself. Yeah, maybe we don't because we got the depth at receiver. We've got an absolute freak at running back playmaker. Mm-hmm. So maybe we don't. Um, so the last thing I just wanted to hit up before uh, before we probably call this a day is 
the Giants' defense last year was bad. Really bad. There's no but way around it. It was terrible. But by pr- primarily, it was their secondary. And I think we addressed that in the offseason in the draft a lot. I mean, I don't think the Giants are going to come in. They were 23rd in yards per game and 27th in passing. The thing is, though, right? It felt worse than that. Oh, it was so – because it was so bad. I think what bothered me the most was guys would be in position. We just couldn't tackle. That was one of the things I spoke about so much in, like, my draft prep videos. I'm like, no matter what happens, just take somebody that could tackle if we go on the defensive side because this team – there's only like one person on it that could tackle. It was crazy how much just fundamentals were missing from it. I felt bad for the defensive coordinator because at the NFL level, I don't think your job is to teach guys to tackle. That is true. I think these guys should already know how to do but it. But at the same time, and right, like, like if, if you guys don't know how to tackle, I mean, who else is going to teach them? True, true. And I just felt like, you know, Patrick Graham is our defensive coordinator this year. I'm trying to remember, who do we have last Betcher. year defensive coordinator? Betcher. I don't think – Betcher. I don't think he was putting us in bad positions. I think we just couldn't tackle straight up. Like, it was just bad. But, you know, that's, that's an argument we can have at another time because you might disagree with me. No, I think it's a mixture of both. We couldn't tackle, and I do think – for whatever reason it was, the entire coaching staff last year, in my opinion, just took a major step back because the team looked so unprepared on the field. They did not look that bad in 2018, the coaching staff's first year. 2019 last year, it's clear to me that they took a step back somehow. Something happened, and the team always looked unprepared on the field. So it was like a mixture of both. I, I think that they kind of uh, packed it in. I felt that Pat Shermer really packed it in during but the if season, he did, he packed it in really is... early. Because that Cardinals yeah. game was what week no. six, and I think, like I said, that was the height of incompetence of that coaching staff. That Cardinals game, or maybe even the Vikings game, week five. I it seemed to me like we put he put in Daniel Jones after we lost the first couple of games, and Daniel Jones breathed some light life into them. And then we lost to the Vikings and we lost to the Patriots. And he just kind of was like, and Daniel Jones came back to earth. And also in Pat Shermer was like, you know, I don't think I can save my job. So I don't care anymore. That's probably exactly <laughs> what happened. Cause like we come out and it was like, all right, we, we struggled. We lose the first two games. We put in a new quarterback. He looks good. He looks competent. Then he comes back to earth after two very good games and when he came back to earth, when he Pat, became a rookie Pat again, Shermer like, had to do his job yeah, and he's Pat like, Shermer Oh, I can't like, do it. Yeah. He's like, I'm, I'm done. Like I, I can't, I can't coach well enough to overcome some of the deficits deficits we have. So I'm just, I'm just going to start preparing for some coordinator interviews next <laughs> year and forget about, which is funny. Cause as a coordinator, I think uh, he's going to do great in Denver. I think Drew Locke is going to have an amazing year there. But that's not that's not a conversation for now, right now. No, no. So, but what I was what what I just wanted to hit up real quick, and then um, I'm gonna have to hop off here. Is I think that though the defense isn't gonna drastically improve, I think we shirred up some things in that secondary, and we have a young secondary. I think 
20, we could go from 27th in passing to 20th, 19th, and really, truly be right on the edge of breaking even into that top half because we've got some very good young talent in Xavier McKinney um, and getting James Badbury to come over was great. And we got some young corners that looked very good last season. I, I agree. At it, the end it's of the crazy. Season. Before the draft, right? You know, just before the offseason, secondary was our by far the worst part of the defense. Now it's probably the most underrated part of the defense. And I'm not saying best yet because they haven't played on the field together yet. But don't be surprised if the secondary next year turns out to be the best part of the defense. Like, I, I did the vid on, um, you know, how the, the Patriots way is not the Giants way on defense. Because the way the Patriots build their yep. defense is – Back to front, they start at their secondary. They make the secondary to focus on their defense, and the pass rush is the, like, um, I guess the supporting cast. That's what the Giants did. We have so many guys back there with crazy potential. James Bradbury, an already proven corner, who's now in his prime, just entering his prime. DeAndre Baker, who I expect to take a step forward next year because he was misused in the defense last year. Uh, Darnay Holmes or Julian Love, I think, is going to be our slot cornerback, or Grant Haley. Three guys with potential, especially Darnay Holmes coming out, was considered the smartest guy in the draft. And, you know, considered he definitely was drafted where he was supposed to be drafted in the fourth round. I think he has a lot of potential. Um, if he doesn't, we got Julian Love, somebody last year that was considered one of the best slot corners. And then the safeties, I think, were set with Xavier McKinney and Jabril Peppers. That defense has so many bodies in there that it's going to be crazy if not if none of them work out. You know what I mean? And the other thing I love about it, too, is I think that we've got some potential there. So our secondary is now drastically improved. Um, our defensive line isn't bad, though we don't have the talent to really get at the quarterback. But I think what we're going to do is we're going to figure out, all right, our safety's really good, Jabril Preppers and Xavier McKinney. And then we're going to play around with Love, Haley, Valentine, Baker, and whichever one or two of those guys that doesn't quite live up to the potential that we think they got, doesn't quite click, we can trade them for picks next year. I think you could easily get a mid-round pick for some of these guys or even a, a, you know, a third, fourth, fifth-round pick for something for somebody like Oh, definitely. Valentine, I was thinking know? that the moment we took like two other corners in this year's draft, I'm like, ah, uh... Valentine, Beal, and like Haley are probably going to be all gone from the Giants. And then we take those and we can sure up the defensive ends. We draft some defensive ends next year. And that's why I think we're a year away. Um, Gettleman surprised me. I have not been a big Gettleman fan historically. I loved what he did this offseason, what he did this draft. I think the Giants take the step forward and then I hope we turn some of these access um, talent. Cause I think we got a lot of guys who are good enough to be number two, three corners on teams in the league battling it out here. And we turned them into some mid round draft picks and we uh, go and we throw some darts at the defensive line. Outside linebacker. The... Just pass rush in general. Yeah. Pat, Pat. Yeah. That I guess what I should be calling it is yeah. a rusher. Because if we're, we're running the 3-4, that's more of an outside linebacker. Um, and just the way the NFL p works right now, uh, 
the edge rusher is a position in and of itself. The guy who can play defensive end or outside linebacker, like your Vaughn. Khalil Mack, guys like that. Yep. Khalil Mack's a great example. Um, but th- so that that's how I feel. Uh, I'm really excited for the season. I can't wait for it to start. I'm happy that the UFC was able to get off without a hitch. I heard NBA is opening up their practice facilities. Major League Baseball is looking at July. It just all signs are pointing to sports in the next month or two, which has got me so For sure. And everything you just said, I can say it better myself. Giants, I do think they're a year away. I feel like this is going to be a great year for us. And and then in, in general for sports, I don't see a way that the NFL season is really delayed unless training camp can happen. Because, you know, training camp is really important. Unless that is somehow prevented, then I think everything's going to go according to schedule, whether it's with, with fans, without fans. And I think football is going to be here in fall. Yeah. Yep, I agree. And I think it's probably going to be without fans. But I feel like players, fans, just just be quiet about it. It's much better to be safe than sorry. Like, see, so you can't go to a game, a couple of games. Um, the money's still going to be there. The advertising's still going to be there. People are still going to buy the merchandise. And next year is just going to be that much more exciting to go down and get to see mm-hmm. a game. All right, so I'm uh, going to do my outro again. Once again, smash the like button, subscribe, comment. I don't even care if your comment is that we're a bunch of idiots and you You're disagree. still commenting, man. Yeah. <laughs> Just comment. Yeah, comment. Let me know what you think. Everybody who watches this video, tell me. What, what are the Giants going to be? They're going to be 0-16. They're going to be 16-0. and 0. They're going to be 8-8. Eight and eight. And make sure, you, make sure um, you and subscribe also, to Dan. Make sure you check out his yep. blog, Twitter page. Best fantasy football site out there, guys. And... Also, make sure that you click. I'm going to have all of them in there. You click on the links over to five. I mean, not to five wide to the hub and get over there and follow all of his stuff. He's got the best giant stuff out there. It's not even close. So thank you once again, Dan, man. This was right. really good. Yep. You know, definitely. A bit, I think this is a bit longer than what we usually do. I'm not sure. But we, we covered a pretty good amount of topics. Uh, yeah, we did. We did. Uh, thank you again for coming on. I love doing this with you, and uh, I will. I will Bye, talk man. to you Peace. soon.